Hello and welcome to the Movie Den. My name is Luke Taylor. I'm the multimedia editor at the Daily Eastern News. And I'm sports editor Adam Tomino. Today we watched some movies by female directors. We watched The Power of the Dog and Nomadland. We thought we'd do some women's history and awareness month uh, material. Yeah, and neither one of us had seen either one of these movies before. Two they, very, yeah, very well-regarded movies as Nomadland well. Nomadland won some awards, and it seems like The Power of the Dog is set up to. We, I think we'll find out in like a week, right? I think so. Yeah, the so... Oscars. I think the first thing I need to do is summarize The Power of the Dog. Have fun. Which is not easy to do. Uh, about the first hour of the movie, nothing really happens. Uh, <laughs> I that's I, I'm exaggerating, but it doesn't really feel like anything happens. There are a lot of shots of mountains and a lot of characters having very brief conversations with little context. I think it's supposed to establish who the characters are and what they do, but I kind of needed more out of it, I guess, or less time spent on it. But at about the halfway point, things pick up. Anyway, so it's focused on George and Phil, who are these brothers who own a ranch and they're cowboys. Phil is... He sucks. He's mean. We don't like him. Angry man. Yeah. George is... He seems nice. We don't really know that much about him, to be honest. And then Rose is the owner and operator of a local like restaurant of sorts. And her son, Peter is her son Peter. He also is important in this movie. I don't have the list in front of me of all of their actors at the moment. Could you pull that up for me? Okay, I'll keep going. So (laughs) the premise of this movie is George is in love with Rose. They get married off screen in the first half of the movie. And Phil, again, sucks. And so when Rose moves in and Peter goes off to boarding school, Phil kind of starts messing around with Rose a lot. He it's borderline psychological torture in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> he keeps she has she struggles playing music and he keeps like taunting her about it and he's just not being a nice man, which I suppose he's not very well known for. Eventually Peter comes back from school and Phil's also a jerk to him. He was even before the marriage happened and everything. Until he kind of randomly has a change of heart and is like, I want to be your mentor. I'll take you under my wing. And Peter's just like, okay, cool, I guess. I can be a cowboy. During all of this, we learn more about Phil's backstory. Uh, you have the list. Phil is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And we learn he has this guy named Bronco Henry, who is in his backstory, who was his mentor. I wish he wasn't named Bronco Henry. Yeah. I can't take him seriously. They see, they see, they see the name a lot, too. They do. And there seems to be some sort of uh, sexually charged relationship between those two. I think homoerotic is the word I was looking for earlier. It's a good one. Yeah. And we and we don't really know how Phil feels about that, to be honest. Bronco Henry is dead. Like he was, I think he was just old and he died. Anyway. They, the two of them are kind of bonding, Phil and Peter, but Phil is still not being nice to Rose. That's continued. And at one point, Phil and Peter go off on some kind of trip, and Rose, as part of a way to get back to, back at him, gives away some hides that Peter had collected, and 
or not Peter, sorry, Phil had collected because he, the farmhand said he wasn't going to do anything with them. Then he comes back and he like super freaks out. And Peter pretty abruptly decides he's, this is spoilers, I'll put something in the description, uh, decides <laughs> he's going to kill him and does so by getting him sick with some diseased like hides. It's an- very strange. Like anthrax poisoning or something. Yeah. It's very odd. It's it a, works. The I movies, guess. The, it is odd is a good word for a lot of what happens. Yeah. Not all bad. There were some good scenes. Um, but we talked, uh, or I'm going to be widespread about the interesting casting of Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. as Phil. It doesn't, I know, I think you said for yourself, it well, as well, doesn't really fully work. Mm-hmm. Uh, some scenes he's good, but I just don't buy him as like this like alpha male, sort of tortured, like macho guy. Yeah, he ends up coming off as a cowboy for me, but not some kind of like macho, big, tough guy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't really work. He's in the scene you mentioned where the hides are given away, he kind of yells. Yeah. He's angry, and it's, it doesn't feel authentic. It's, his more, it's his more subtle scenes are more good. <laughs> There's uh, good scenes where when he starts to come around to Peter and sorts of wants to be. Peter's sort of Bronco Henry-ish who's, who's Peter mentor. Played by? Uh, Cody Smith-McGee, who is very interesting in this. Yeah. It's an actor I'm not familiar with. I would like to see him in more. Uh, I've apparently seen him in good. X-Men. He played Nightcrawler, but that is so bizarrely different than this that I, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, he's um, an interesting... The mo- I mean, Phil is an interesting character, I guess, with his, most of it's from his backstory, and then... I would like to actually know sort of more about all the characters. I feel like there wasn't a, a whole lot of character development. I think if I knew more about all of them, the ending of the movie would have been more impactful for me. Yeah. it's. I think I do agree the second half. The second half is is good. It's, yes. It, it's, it's good. The first half drags. Mm-hmm. I would have liked maybe the first half to maybe get rid of some of the scenes that didn't really accomplish very much and sort mm-hmm. of put in more scenes about Phil's his what his relationship was with Bronco Henry which is, is a totally important. ridiculous name totally ridiculous name to say um it's definitely important and it greatly changed Phil's entire life all we really learn is that well Bronco Henry was his mentor and also he saved his life at one point by they had to like snuggle together in the cold and then Peter's like, huh, were you naked? And Phil doesn't really answer. Yeah. And it, so it kind of implies that sleeping naked next to a man one time made him a bad person for the rest of his life. There may have been more. I just more don't think that's correct. There. He's definitely sort of juggling with what his masculinity should be. Yeah. But this, it wasn't explored enough for me. Yeah. It's an inter- there's a handful of interesting themes. Also, Rose, played by Kirsten Dunst, her sort of role... Just like sort of domestic upheaval for her, going yeah. from like a, a working class woman who runs this business and is busy all the time, to sort of now being just sitting around this big house on a ranch. She and doesn't know becoming... how to interact with other like wealthy people. Mm-hmm. She feels bored, and then of course she's getting harassed by this Phil guy. So she just like yeah. turns to alcohol just, at some point. So this seems to taunt her for no real reason other than he's a jerk. Yeah, I read I read a review that pointed out that she was really the only 
there were other women on the farm. A couple of like uh, like housekeeper type characters. But, yeah. yeah, but mm-hmm. one of them was quite a bit older and one of them was quite a bit younger. So she was the only other like peer of theirs who was a woman. Yeah. And it, it was like, oh, maybe he has some feelings about that. But again, it, it doesn't, they don't go enough into it for me to know. Yeah, there are some movies that deal with this, this, these weird sort of toxically masculine people out in the West and uh, the ranchers and cowboys. It kind of reminded me of um, a movie, I don't know if you've seen, uh, There Will Be Blood. I don't think from, I have. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is his oil baron. But that movie focuses almost exclusively on the sort of masculinity of this character. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's a, it's, it's it lands better. I mean, famously, Brokeback Mountain talks about homosexuality in that time period. Yeah. And as much as that's a super depressing movie that I don't know if I'd ever watch again, I, it handles the topics more... I don't want to say better because it wasn't that this movie handled anything poorly. Mm-mm. It just... T- it told me more. I learned more from it. Yeah, this. I feel like this movie leaves a lot up to the audience to figure out. And I, I like that in movies. I like when movies leave things to the imagination. I like when you're kind of right. filling some blanks and then your own life sort of kind of informs how you watch a movie. But this one left almost too much. There were too many blanks. It, a lot of the good reviews of this I read after we watched it, see, it seemed to me that the reviewers did a lot of that. And yes. I like filling in gaps sometimes, but if you leave too many gaps for me to fill in, I won't I'm, fill I, any. I lose interest. And yeah. I'm like, I, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do this. Right. I think that, and that was for me. I just, this too much was left open for me to uh, really get invested in. Something we both really did enjoy about this movie, though, was the score by uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. He's also uh, written a lot more film scores over the years. And it's really, it's interesting. It's not like a typical symphonic sort of score. And so the other ones from him that I've heard are also not that. I, I In some reviews I read, it was described as almost like a horror movie score, mm-hmm. which I definitely agree with. It's kind of, yeah, it's sort of jumpy uh-huh. and it, it makes you uncomfortable listening to it. And pretty much all the characters in the movie are... They're all tense and uncomfortable yeah. all the time. It, it's used very well, and it's like I don't know if I'd listen to it on its own. It's, I not, like, it's not like music you can just put on when you're like doing homework or no, whatever and enjoy it. It makes me kind of tense. No, but for like for what a musical score should do, like accompany the what's happening on the screen, it's really it's cool. It's, mm-hmm. it's it works very well. And also, the movie, like also the, the movie looks usually really pretty nice. Yeah, there's only almost too many like landscape shots though. That was that was something you said afterwards. Like, well, anybody can take a video of a mountain and it's gonna look nice right it was like new zealand it was set in montana but they filmed it in new zealand yeah. and new zealand's beautiful and I, I don't mean that to like trash on the cinematographers no. or whatever because, because the lighting still and some of the interior work is also really cool yeah it's a very well it's a very professionally made movie yeah there just there weren't any moments that i was like wow what a shot or like that's really cool yeah it was just sort of like yeah it looks nice it was like oh that's pretty but you'd see it on like you know national geographic yeah exactly yeah uh but i want to talk about new zealand a little bit too because the director uh jane campion who did this is from new zealand Mm -hmm. and this is just has produced a lot of very interesting people in movies also peter jackson who did lord of the rings of course 
trilogy, and then Taika Waititi, who we've talked about on here several times. Yeah. And is just, like, a, a genius. He's and, become a big name over the last, like, five oh, years yeah, or he's, so. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great. And this is out, out of New Zealand. There's a lot of great filmmaking talent out of this little place. It's, I'd like to go cool. there. Unrelated I, from the filmmaking. Oh, yeah, no, I just, that's, that's at the top of my list. Looks really cool. Yeah. Well, do we have much more to talk about with Power of the Dog? Not really. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, I'm not upset that I watched it. I just, it wasn't for me, I guess. No, I, I usually don't mind slow pace and sort of weird narratives, and it just didn't quite hit for me. Yeah, I think, I think I said this a couple minutes ago, I, the second, like the back half of the movie, the last hour, mm-hmm. I enjoyed. I, I had a good time, a decent good time watching it. I would have preferred maybe if they took about half an hour of the first half of the movie mm-hmm. and started the stuff sooner and really got more into it. Yes, I cut, probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Cut out some of the random Phil playing banjo in his bed and yeah. all the shots of the hills. Take out some of those and just really build in, on these themes more. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would have liked elaboration on, I, I just want to mention this before we move on, is... The the name of the movie comes from a Bible verse, yeah. and it's also they Phil keeps looking at the hills and all of his like the, the farm hands are like, what do you see out there that we don't see? And then later he he gets Peter and he's like, look out of the hills, and Peter's like, oh I see it. There's like a dog with its mouth open, and I, I think there was like a shadow. I think I saw what he was talking about. I'm not no, sure. I, I I missed it. And Phil like <laughs> it. It, I could be wrong. I'm not yeah. sure. And Phil like freaks out. He's like, "You just saw that? Like you just saw that? Just looking at it? Like just now?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Yeah, man. It's kind of just there." And I, we never really found out. No, that was definitely a Bronco Henry thing, but we never figured out what that meant. Yeah, strange, strange yeah. movie. However, we really liked Nomadland. Oh yeah, Nomadland is well. Last year it came out in 2020. Won the Best Picture Oscar last year. Uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, who is uh, was became the second woman to win uh, Best Director for this. Uh, Catherine Bigelow won for The Hurt Locker in, I think, 2010, which is another excellent movie we thought about watching for this, mm-hmm. but decided to go with ones we, we haven't seen. It. We can do um, a second episode with uh, female directors. We maybe. could, potentially, because Hurt Locker is very good. Yeah. But uh, Nomadland is about a woman named Fern, who... Right, before the movie begins, we learn the town she lives in, uh, in Nevada, was it was one of those towns that's like built around a, a mill of some kind, and uh, when the Great Recession hit about ten, twelve years ago, it went out of business, mm-hmm. and then the entire town was out of work, and everyone had to relocate. The zip code was even discontinued. This town just disappeared. This movie was set in two thousand twelve. Yeah, it was the first time I think that I've seen a movie that was like set in the past but during a time that i remember <laughs> it was odd for me it also but it also feels like it's almost like sort of timeless in when it's said yes. i guess there's nothing that really ties it to any specific time except just the general economic and they, landscape they, at, the, at the one time. point they say the year and that's why i know that yeah but mm-hmm. it definitely could have happened this year yeah it's just very it's it follows this fern as she uh she also recently lost her husband uh, right before this town did basically vanished and then she uh Gets her van and just lives in her van. Uh, she does like seasonal work at Amazon and then uses that money to travel around. She works other places too. A little bit. Yeah, she we... gets a little odd jobs as she's going off to these places, but she gets kind of you kind of get, she gets like her funding for working for Amazon during like the holidays, and then off she goes, and uh, to these little RV parks where she stays a lot of the time, very cheaply with a lot of uh, other interesting people she meets. Uh, an interesting touch in this movie is that a lot of the people aren't actors. Mm-hmm. They were actual nomads. 
Apparently, Chloe Zhao's done this in other movies. I read that after we watched this. She's yeah, just a lot she of non actors. And they're all great. Yeah. Um, Frances McDormand, obviously, is probably the greatest actor of her generation, we've if not to, ever. We've got to start putting her on our list. Frances McDormand, come be on our podcast. Yeah. We love you, Frances McDormand. I'm kind of scared of her. I don't know. She seems intimidating to me. I think she's <laughs> in roles like this, she just seems so much like the mm-hmm. people that I like grew up around living in the Midwest. Yeah. It's kind of like. I don't know. Could we, we, several weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, several months ago, yeah. time time is an illusion, we watched Fargo, where she right. she's uh, an absolute played, delight played, in that. played Marge, the pregnant police chief, and she's yep. so good. Yep. And then she's in this, and she's a totally different character. And everything I've seen her in, she's vastly different, and she's just amazing. We also saw her in uh, Macbeth. We did Tragedy totally of Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, her doing Shakespeare. She's a genius. She's just a genius. She quotes a lot of Shakespeare in this one. She does, yeah, that's right. I'm not really sure. I th- I think it seems like she used to be a teacher or, of some she kind. She did. She did a lot of jobs around the town where yeah. her, she and her husband lived. Uh, yeah, and then through her journey, she meets these people. There's one uh, character named Bob Wells, who's a r- real guy who made like YouTube videos about living cheaply through vans and RVs, sort of living off the land. Mm-hmm. And um, he's 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 featured in it. Uh, and two other, the two really main ones she meets are a woman named Swanky, who is just delightful. I love her. Um, it's a a, a character that like I'm gonna think about for like a long time. And she's a real person. Mm-hmm. She's basically, she's just playing herself. She's like some monologue. It's like I was like, who is this actress? She's great. Yeah. She's so good. She's she was just a real person. It was uh, amazing. I looked her up. She's right back living in her van. Right. She was. It's very touching. And mm-hmm. then she also meets the only other actor in the movie is. Uh, David Strathairn as Dave. He's been around for a long time. He played, uh, I guess most notably, he was nominated for an Oscar for playing Edward R. Murrow in Good Night and Good Luck. And he's a really good actor, and he's good in this. He's mm-hmm. sort of a, I guess, I guess sort of teased as like a potential love interest of sorts for Fern. They interact a few times, but then they sort of hint a little bit that maybe he reminds her of her late husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, he seems more interested in her. Than he's definitely the he reverse. even tells her later on in the movie, like, "Hey, I, why don't you stay with me? I I, I like being around you." And then mm-hmm. she, uh, she, she was just too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the first, I guess, two thirds of the movie are really her journey, her meeting these interesting people and people. A lot of it feels like a documentary with these people yeah. saying why they like this lifestyle. It's almost not about her. It, using that frame of like a documentary, it, yeah. it kind of feels like. If you're, you know, some some documentaries have like a host, and then they go interview people. That's her, except that she just doesn't ever talk. Yeah, <laughs> really. She generally sort of gets along with everyone she meets, yeah. makes good friends, and have these like like beautiful conversations. The writing's great. It's based it was based on a book. I'm, it was a nonfiction book, so I'm not sure how much it was actually based. I mean, there's not like right. the dialogue or anything, but it's a really beautiful, beautifully written movie. And, and it then, looks great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's very and a lot of shots of the, but a lot of it's very gray. A mm-hmm. lot of it, um, and there's some beautiful shots of like, you know, sunrise. Sun, it seems like every time she's outside, it's sunrise or sunset. Right. Um, and then the second third of the second third, second uh, third. The first two thirds are her like journey, the and then the last third. third that's go. what okay. I'm getting at. The second there, section. There would be a second third. Thirds. Yeah. There would be, but it's the same as the first. Uh, the last third of the movie is more. I guess her coming close to the last flirting with leaving her. her lifestyle. Yeah, it's more. it becomes more about her story at that right, point. Right, you sort of meet, she uh, 
you meet her her sister who right. is a, seems pretty well off. They have a, you know she's, she has an, an extra bedroom. So why don't you stay with us? Why don't you live here? Stop traveling around in your van. And um, she decides not to. She just needs to borrow some money because her van breaks down. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple a little bit at the end. Is there some conflict with her sort of people trying to pull her out of her nomad lifestyle? But even then, you kind of learn why she's a nomad because mm-hmm. uh, she talks to her sister. And her sister comments on, oh, you know, when you were younger, people thought you were weird or maybe they didn't like you. But I always just thought that you were, oh, she said, like, braver. And, yeah, and you were just braver than them more. Yeah. And she talked about, like, you all, like, we always kind of knew that you were going to go off and just do something different. Yeah. And it's a, 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 yeah. It's a very nice scene. And then she reconnects with Dave later on, who went off a little bit earlier in the movie to live with his adult son, who I guess was, they were estranged for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the son is was a musician and is doing very well, has a nice house, lots of friends, and Dave goes off and lives with his son, and Fern comes to visit. And, and like, oh, they all welcome her in. They're they're all like actually just really about like her. everyone in the movie is nice. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes early on where people are like sort of telling Fern like, oh, you know. They're beds. They think she's sort of maybe she's crazy or something. Cause yeah. She's like a, like a homeless person, quote unquote. They're like, why don't you, there's some beds, you know, we can help you. And she's just like, no, nah, I'm fine. You know, I'm good. I'm in my van. I'm, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very, uh, sort of, she's a very independent character. I think it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely so. <laughs> that was uh, one of the, like, big notes I noticed about the movie was she does have a sense of like loneliness. Mm-hmm. They're all, she's always by herself. She's got her own van. She's in, she lives in it by herself, but also there's such a sense of community. Oh, it's beautiful. It right. really is. She connects with everybody around her. All these other people who are also nomads, they come together. They, they're just like trading like food and stuff they make and whatnot. It's like the very community. It reminded me sometimes in like old documentaries and movies from like the sixties, you see like the, the communes that like hippies lived in mm-hmm. all around the country. It's like a much more casual version of that. Yeah, living off the land. It was like that, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people in this movie, and too, it's interesting. They're all older. They're all like maybe sixties, seventies, fifties, sixties, seventies, or people who lost their jobs, and or they, they can't. They, really they can't. Yeah, they can't get by on their retirement uh, funds they have, so they need to live cheaply. They do seasonal work, and mm-hmm. they're not really. They can't find work because they're not. They're older, they're not, you know, the workforce has moved on from these people. I found that really interesting just because, like, you know, I'm, I'm 20. I haven't really had to consider what I'm going to do after retirement. Mm-hmm. We're we're journalists. That's We're not going to make any money. No. So I kind of I kind of haven't – that's not a stage in my life I've even had to think about yet. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking about, like, uh, they somebody compared themselves to workhorses that have been put out to pasture. Yeah. But it's like – when that phrase implies that you're going to, you know, you're putting the horse out in a nice pasture where they're going to rest and yeah. have plenty of whatever it needs, mm-hmm. but that's not what they've been given. Right. They've it, been given $600 of social security from a lifetime of work. Yeah. And they say, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can, I mean, you can retire, but if you don't have money, you, you still have to live, you know? Yeah. So you, it's... you can't really actually retire. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there are there's some heavier themes in this movie about mm-hmm. things like that, about the economy. It and is these a serious people who are movie. Over, it is. Yeah. And it's I remember reading about how it's it's like sad, and yeah. I guess it generally is. But I didn't leave the movie. I never felt bad for Fern. Really. Yeah, Fern. 
I mean, there's scenes where, like, for the most part, she's doing what she's doing because she she wants to be. There's a lot of sadness about her husband, who she was apparently it was her her entire life was her husband in this town, and then she loses both of them apparently right after each other, and Mm -hmm. then she's kind of off on her own. But I went through the I got through the movie. I'm like, oh, she's gonna be fine. She'll be fine. Yeah, this movie is also described as like being about like a woman who's lost everything, and yeah, she did lose Mm -hmm. a lot, but that's not really the story that we're told. Mm-hmm. We're told this story about her and all these other people who are doing this. Almost all of them, if I remember correctly, they were living that way because they made the choice to. Yeah, almost all of them, they either talk about families mm-hmm. who they have and who they could presumably live with, or you actually see their families who are like, you can live with us. You be right. have a house, you can, you know, And but they, they just, they're they happy with where they're at. Yeah. There is, there them... is some, there's actually one kind of sad. She has like, there's one character who's like younger. She meets her a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes where like, don't you, you know, your where's your family? Don't your parents miss you? And he, she asks him a couple of questions, and he just doesn't answer any of them. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about other things. There's but a lot of there's then, weird sadness there, but he's he seems like a happy kid, and he's because she asks him about like, oh, you have a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, you know, I write her, I write her letters, but she, I don't have anything to write about that she'd want to read. No, oh, and that's when she quotes Shakespeare right. at one point. Yeah, that's right. But it kind of makes you realize like. He's doing that because he wants to be, not because he's forced to do that. Yeah, it's it's this lifestyle these people have chosen, and they, they, it's it's very it's just a very nice movie. It's, this is the thing I like when I think about why I like love watching movies. It's exactly this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very very interesting people, people who I've never met anyone like, mm-hmm. doing things I've never come close to doing. And it's just so interesting. It's it, this really like ticked all the boxes for me. Like mm-hmm. it was nice. It, it has some humor. It's got some very funny little right. lines. And Frances McDormand does things with her face. They're so She's, good. Yeah, we could go on. Um, the what music there was was really nice. It's very nice. Just like basically just piano at most points. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very pretty music. It looks good. I learned something. Like I learned about it. Like a whole culture. A, yeah, a lifestyle that I've just never had a like an access point to. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It's just this is not a list of movies I would just like to watch again. Um, I definitely will. When you kind of come into it, it sounds like it's a movie about like downtrodden, forgotten people venturing across the Great Plains. And yeah, the and not really. West. But it sounds like it'd be kind of a boring, like three hour long movie you get through, and you're like, that was exhausting. I wish this movie was three hours. <laughs> We it's said only it's an hour and forty eight. It's very it's yeah. a it's a very conventionally you know long movie. Yeah, but I would have loved to see if it was just all of her her going to all these different RV camps and meeting different people. I would have watched that for like three hours. Yeah, all these it's people just fascinating, were super interesting. It was just it's the things they would say and the little monologues they had about why they're living that way and what they love about it. I would have watched that for hours and hours yeah it was just it's, it's all the beautiful. acting was so good they just they seemed like such real people i can't believe none of those except for the two i can't believe none of them are actors the way yeah. they, the way they delivered their lines is just it's fantastic and frances mcdormand we again she she seems like such a real person yeah she won her third oscar for this last year and That's it's very good. very deserved she's she's she is a genius there's one scene that jumped out at me for that where she's learning how to patch a tire i think and she has to start by poking a hole in it and you're you're oh. walking you're watching her do that for a minute and the guy's like telling her you know okay you do this you do this and then she looks behind her and she doesn't even really make a face but all this whole group of like ladies behind her all just bust out laughing yeah and it's like first of all you realize they're there mm-hmm. but second of all it just felt so like 
Yeah, like she's just oh. a, she's a per. She, it's just a it's it's, it's a per. It's so real. It's so she, authentic. She doesn't know all of them, but in that moment, she just like connects and she's like, right. she's like, please say something, you know. Like, there's not a single line of dialogue or like emotion in this movie that doesn't feel it's 100 percent real and authentic, yeah. and it's just beautiful. We're, I'm gonna watch that one again for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm definitely more than once. Yes. Well, we've gone on about Nomadland about as long as I thought we would. <laughs> Uh, so, fun fact, we won an award. We did. I mean, it was an honorable mention. It's not like we're <laughs> we're going crazy, but I'm pretty proud of us. We got, at uh, the Illinois College Press Association, we got an honorable mention for a arts, podca- and arts and entertainment, I believe, podcasting. Yeah. For the, from the daily category. So, this is an award-winning podcast. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of us. I think that's and cool. That, and that was before we even got in the studio. Yeah. That's when we were still recording on your phone in that conference room with the AC fan. <laughs> Who knows what we'll win next year? Right? That's crazy. Bigger and better things. Yeah. But we'll figure out what we're going to watch next week. I think I think doing a second episode of Female Directors could be worthwhile. You could, I mean, I mean, it's something you do have to consciously think about because so many movies mm-hmm. are made by men. Yeah, Adam suggested this because he pointed out we haven't done a single movie that was directed by a woman. I think it was just like one or two of the Twilight movies. Yeah. We did all those, but all, all the other ones. Is in, if you, Yeah, it's one of those things that... If you don't think about it, you just don't do it. Because, I didn't even realize. Yeah. So I feel like now we have to go hard the other direction to like balance it out. Yeah. It's anyway. Uh, yeah. We will. There's somebody being loud outside right now, <laughs> so we should probably wrap it up. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, like the podcast and maybe leave us a review. That would be kind of crazy. And we will get back to you next week on the movie done. <laughs>